Comic Book Club News gives you the comic book news you need to know first thing in the morning every weekday in the form of digestible three to five minute long podcasts. Comic Book Club News recaps breaking news stories from Marvel, DC Comics, and beyond Monday through Friday. New episodes drop 6 a.m. ET in the Comic Book Club News feed so they're ready for you when you're ready for the day. Comic Book Club News. You hear it second or third, possibly fourth. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. This is a podcast from Minute Media. podcast about the CW's Riverdale that's just having a good old time with some musical theater. I'm Alex. In a season filled with darkness, is there a more haunting phrase than TT for tea time? (laughs) (laughs) I don't think so. I'm Justin. I'm Pete. And we are going to be talking about Riverdale Season 5, Episode 18, Chapter 94, Next to Normal, which is this year's official musical episode. Don't be fooled by the fact that just a couple of episodes back, we had a semi-musical episode with Josie and the Pussycats. This is the official one uh, that kicks off a ton of songs based on the Pulitzer (laughs) Prize winning musical Next to Normal. And that's different than the Pulitzer Prize, right? That's like uh, just a slightly different award, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, they give them out both at the same time, but one is ah. in a smaller building. I don't want to say which one is which. <laughs> you sh- and you shouldn't. Yes. You shouldn't, Alex. So lots of stuff you need to know going into this one, but I'll keep the recap as bra- brief as possible since there's so much to talk about in this episode. Polly Cooper has died. She has officially died. She actually died a long time ago. Oh, but Betty and Alice. Alex, Alex, why didn't you say it like that? That was Alex. Rough, remind me Come not on. to have you break <laughs> any wow, news about dude. my dad. Yeah. <laughs> hey Pete, guess what? Justin's dead. Woo! Oh, Stay for podcast. <laughs> you need to check that uh, intonation. Polly if nothing Cooper else. has died. <laughs> Yeah, boy. Polly Cooper is dead. This is very sad. Uh, It gutted us at the end of the last episode when Betty and Alice finally discovered her body, found out that she's been dead for probably months at this point. So this is dealing with the ramifications of that as Betty and Alice 
try to figure out how to heal and get past this event, but it also affects absolutely everybody else in the episode, sends them reflecting their lives, looking back on what they're doing. That includes Archie and Veronica, who are back together after Veronica finalized her divorce. It also includes Jughead and Tabitha. Tabitha, excuse me. Jughead has been working for Tabitha at Mm. Pops. They started a little bit Mm. of a romantic flirtation earlier in the season, but as we'll talk about in a moment, things become a little more official later on in this episode. Mm. Cheryl has not started a ministry, but continued a ministry where she is worshiping Gaia. It was actually started by her mom, Penelope. Penelope started it as a scam based around her son, Jason, but Cheryl blew it out into something even bigger. Meanwhile, Tony has been working as a social worker, specifically the last episode we saw Tony working with one of the students that we've seen before a bunch of times, Britta Beach. She came out as gay, wanted to come out to her parents. They didn't take it particularly well, and it only gets worse this episode, which is something Tony has been dealing with. Tony also is a new mother to little baby Anthony and has been raising him with the surrogate father, I guess. Do we still do we know whether it was Fangs or Kevin? Who is the it doesn't matter. Whatever it is, Fangs and Tony have been raising the baby together while Kevin is kind of. Co-parenting while Kevin has been off on his own trying to figure out what's going on in his life. Uh, And I think that's everybody we need to talk about in this episode. So why don't we talk broad strokes with as little cursing as possible (laughs) (laughs) pointed at no person in particular. You never know. Justin, what do you think about this episode? And what do you think about the musical episodes in general of Riverdale? I mean, I think this musical episode was by far the most just it was entwined with the plot in a way that I just couldn't have predicted and just really worked, I thought, Um, as an episode. uh, Everything felt it felt like it was tailored to the to Riverdale, this this musical. So I thought that was really well done. And there were so many revelations in this episode to the point where the the next episode, the season finale, right? Mm-hmm. is going to be dealing with this and also no doubt having a bunch more stuff going on. And we, like a, unlike a lot of other episodes this season and beyond, we don't have any real indication of what we're going to be talking about. Can I just Might say open. something something positive that I agree with Justin about? Yeah. yes. It really feels like they're like, okay, if we're going to do a musical, one musical a year, let's write towards that. Because it really felt like things came together in such a smart and well-done way for this musical. It was really impressive. It was. It really looked like a, a goal that was well-achieved in the musical. It seemed like it, everything kind of really perfectly lined up for that. So that... It was really well done as far as a musical, and I do not like musicals. Yeah, you're not a big <laughs> musical fan. Uh, this episode, I believe, was written by Tessa Lee Williams, who has done the previous musical episodes. I believe she co-wrote the first one, but then wrote the next ones on her own. And she, each time, she does a really good job, like you guys are saying, of weaving the ongoing story of Riverdale into the plot and music yeah. of the musical. In particular here, I'll give a shout out to the Betty and Alice part of the storyline, yes. which is incredible. Just incredibly so heartbreak. Done. Very oh my well God. Done. Uh, Acting and singing was just, oh, I unbelievable. legit several times during that storyline started tearing up, particularly oh, yeah. the reactions from Mage and Amick. I thought Lily Reinhardt was fantastic as well. But the work here, the crumbling that was going on in her face, particularly as she started to realize reality, Ugh. gutting. 
Uh, I agree, and it does to the point we're talking about. It makes me wonder when they decided to do next to normal in the story building process for this season and this episode and, and everything, because it does feel like such a natural build toward this. And this episode is this crescendo of so many things, yeah. specifically with um, Alice and Betty, but sort of across the board, this like everyone is trying to put their lives together this season. And in this episode, everything was like, you know what? I, I don't think it's going to work out. <laughs> and everyone, there is a mold that sort of Archie, you know, gave voice to at the top of this season. And everyone else was like, yes, I'm going to come back and we're going to work all this stuff out. And this episode, we saw it all fall apart without it having to be even spoken to. It was just happening. Everything was crumbling for everyone, most notably the Cooper family. And the other thing, I mentioned this a little bit before, but again, a relatively subtle thing through the episode is you start the episode with everybody together being there for Betty, talking about what does she need, what does she want, what can we do, and talking about what they have done. For example, in Cheryl's case, she's taken in the twins at the top of the episode and is taking care of them, which is very nice to see. But every storyline either explicitly, in the case of, say, Archie and Veronica's storyline, but implicitly in the case of, say, Jughead and Tabitha's storyline, is powered by the death of Polly. That it's all of them going off and reacting. Betty is there for Alice and trying to figure out this problem. Jughead and Tabitha are basically, life's too short. You could die at any point. Riverdale, what are we going to do with that? Let's stop literally dancing around this issue and get to it. And Archie and Veronica are like, let's take it to the next step and realize that doesn't work. And then there's another plot line that happens as well. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Wow. No, I mean, the other plot line also, but we'll get to our own personal... Problems Hells. with things that went down. Well, you don't know. We, might, we might all personally agree with everything that happened in this episode, oh, and maybe this has been a long time prediction by one at least or more of us on this very podcast. Oh, really? You gonna fucking throw salt in the wound? You fucking piece of shit! I don't I'm know not which wounds s- you're throwing salt in at this point. Is it peace all wound? The, all, I guess wounds? all the wounds. Just, yeah, just, you're just, just tossing salt in the air and seeing Everything's coming up Justin. Everything's hey, coming up Justin. I'm just throwing salt. I'm a, I'm a salt bay. At the end of the day, I'm a salt bay. And I'm throwing salt. Cover you know your wounds. Hey, mothers, cover your wounds. Cover some motherfucker, bro. You're gonna, your time's going to come. Well, Listen, your time's going to come. Before, just before, yes. I mean, we should get into the episode, but before, I'm not trying to rub anything in. About it seems me. like you are. No. It seems just, like you are. I'm just saying th- this stuff was stuff that's been happening in the season, and these are the threads that yes, could've I could have gone either way, asshole. Go fuck yourself with it. It could have gone either way. Always but happening. I'm not you saying did. it was always happening, but it could it could have gone either way. But I think it it specifically was going this way, and I just rode the lightning out to get where we are. And I'll tell you what, I think this is fun. I think this is fun. <laughs> lightning thief, just the lightning thief over here. I'm right, not the thief. I'm just riding. Light. I'm riding the lightning. I'm like oh, a lightning so- cowboy. As mentioned, we kick off with Betty and everyone at the White Worm. Very sad, very quiet scene to start off the episode with, but very nice to see everybody together. Charles taking care of the twins. There's a brief moment here where Tony says that uh, that's really beautiful, Cheryl, to something that Cheryl says. And don't, Cheryl gives her a look. Don't, oh, right that back. Shoney look was um, something. Come yeah. on. The tears in their eyes, like it was just a look and it leveled us all. It was so unbelievable. I, well, I don't want to I don't want to get the cart before the horse too much here. But as a shoddy shipper, 
this episode played with my heart so hard. The and this worst. first scene, it's the worst. When Tony was like, "Wow, that's really beautiful," and Cheryl looked over, I was like, oh, "Yeah, it's happening. Oh, We're getting it's back magic. together. You can it's gonna feel happen. it. Here we go." It was so palpable. And then in I retrospect, agree. no, it wasn't that at all. Well, and I'll tell you what, and, and this is getting a little bit ahead, but I think we could just talk about the Shoney of it all right now, really quick. Like that look. And then cutting directly to much later in the episode when Tony's sitting down with Cheryl trying to pitch uh, her taking Britta in. And she was like, I loved you. I was like, oh, what? It was small. And it's not like Cheryl was upset by it. Cheryl seemed outwardly sort of like "Uh, this. That is accurate. Oh, you don't think Cheryl was upset by that? Maybe she was. Maybe she's. You think Cheryl's going to calmly handle that and is going to be fine? You don't think Cheryl felt that? We didn't see her on the show oh, feel that. We didn't see a private moment you. where she sort of how fell apart when it came that. to that. I'm, I'm not saying I'm not that judging anything. That was a fucking anything. knife through my heart. I can't imagine what Cheryl was going Yeah, but through. you're not Cheryl. Notably, just, you're not I Cheryl. I know that. through I my heart. That. Me, Pete LePage, fictional yeah. character. I can't imagine what happened to Cheryl, the real person. Exactly. Yeah. But I'm just saying, and then we end the episode with the uh, sort of Tony Fangs thing. Something we talked about, like, they're not going to do that, right? And then... They did that. Here's if we're jumping straight to yeah, Tony if, and Fang. I mean, look how happy you're you fucking asshole. Through, I'm not if, happy about that. If, if we're you just like, hey, I just want to offer this up, happened? Uh, my opinion as a professional journalist and TV reviewer. Boo. I saw mm-hmm. that moment with Tony and Fangs, and my reaction was. <gasps> <laughs> <laughs> like that. I'm doing it's an audio podcast, so I just wanted you to know there's a thumbs down happening. There was well. a thumbs down. That there wasn't was a like a hoo-hoo, double fist pump uh, raspberry noise. And when I did I think mean, about it later, I do have there's complicated emotions about it, and I'm sure people are talking about this. Wait, but wait, like wait. they they established previously they're both bisexual. I Last think it's episode. important to note that Fangs and Tony dating doesn't make them any less bisexual. That is an issue in the community. They are still bisexual. It's still a bisexual relationship between the two of them. So that is going on there. But at the same time that you had that turn from Cheryl and Tony, and that felt like what the entire season has been building up to, to this Tony and Fangs relationship was very frustrating. Go ahead, Pete. Okay, so first off, we're we're talking about our first reaction. I was so angry. I googled how much a fucking Dell laptop was because I wanted to throw my computer out the <laughs> fucking window. First, I had to sit there and watch the dude, fucking tab of the bullshit, and okay. then you're gonna kick me on the way okay. out. Fuck you! That wait, was bullshit, wait, wait, man. Wait, That's wait, both nuts. Fucking dude. one and two. You gotta be fucking kidding me. I'm on the ground and you're still fucking being like, yeah. And guess what else is over? Fuck it. Dude, you're getting a Dell. <laughs> dude, that was so bullshit. What were you gonna say, Justin? Dude. First off, I was going to say, dude, you're getting Adele multiple times. Okay. Uh, <laughs> second off, what I was going to say is, I agree with you, Alex. Um, it's it's not what I think we expect or want, but if you take the sort of the bisexuality or the sexuality out of it and we'll look at these these people as characters, look at Tony, uh, Cheryl, and Fangs as characters, the Tony-Cheryl relationship felt like... Fuck like, you. J- chill. Just chill for a second. Felt very like high school. Tony mm-hmm. was sort of... Uh, Don't try to logic this. I'm not. I'm trying to talk about it, which is what we do. This isn't a swear cast. It's a podcast, and we're podding right now. Uh, That relationship was like very high school, very much like Tony sort of like just following Cheryl along, like Cheryl doing whatever she wants, looking at Tony sort of like 
uh, not not really dealing with her feelings and what she was doing. And then you have this relationship with Fangs, which feels much more mature. It feels like they really do go for each, go to each other to talk about things. They're co-parenting. Like the way I mean, we talked about it in the recent episodes. It feels like when we are in scenes with them, it's like in a, being in a comfortable chair. They, that's what they feel like. They're relaxed around each other and they feel happy. That's why when they said "I love you" to each other, I believe it, and I think it is sort of a betrayal of our expectations of of what who they we thought these characters were going to be with. But as as far as what we've seen in the last few episodes, I think this makes sense as a relationship. Here's what I think. I think they are exhausted from taking care of baby Anthony and don't know what they're talking about. They're talking nonsense. And two years down the road, they'd be like, that's crazy. I'd get over it. I mean, uh, taking care of a baby makes you do crazy things. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I can also get behind that take. Yeah. The... uh, just to sort of wrap this up, because, again, there's so many different things to talk about. Uh, again, killed me. Just want to talk about that. Just want to put that out there. But the two things that I wanted to mention about the storyline, I wrote down the line, I loved you, killed me, like we talked about. And I felt yeah. your love. And I know the huge capacity for love your heart has. And it's exactly what Britta needs right now, which I thought was beautifully written. On the other hand, one thing that bothered me a little bit is when she was talking to Britta and Britta was saying, they called me a deviant. And she says, oh, you're not a deviant. You're perfect. That's a riff on the classic Toady Cheryl line back from, I think, season two is when they got together, right? Where she says, uh, you're not deviant. You're loveless. You're perfect, okay? Is, I think, the line that she says or something like that. So it became like, oh, does Tony say that to everybody? Is that just like her thing that she <laughs> says? What's going on here? But it's a, anyway, it was a wild it is line to be your go-to I think going line. Into, yeah, going into season six, I think Fangs and Tony are still going to be together. But maybe this is me being a crazy person. I still think Shodi is endgame here. I still think they're going to end up back together. I'll tell you what. I agree with you. And I don't think there's anything that happened in this episode that would make that not a, a reality. Like if if we go back and rewatch this knowing everything we know, that look still stands as mm-hmm. like something that has, has meaning to it. So getting back to that initial scene, Alice is listening to Next to Normal on a loop. Betty, Alice, and Polly, they had the best day of ever walking around New York and going to see it on Broadway, which, total gut punch, we get to see a picture of them together at the Next to Normal poster at the end, which is so yeah. sad and so beautiful. Yeah, it, was. it was very powerful the way they kind of saved that till the end. Love that shot, and I love that choice. But then we get something that is heartbreaking and great at the same time, which is we cut over to 50-style Alice. Charles is there, dressed in a football outfit. Polly is a cheerleader. Betty comes in dressed like a pink lady. That's this perfect life that Alice is imagining. And I'll tell you what, it was... Amazing seeing the Coopers happy together because we have never yeah. seen that in the series. Never once um, have all of them. Because how many scenes did we ever see with Charles and Polly both in them? Like they never had like those real family moments. And so like that's why I, I agree with you. This was especially like arresting and powerful, I thought. And I thought they were great in those scenes. I love that Tierra Scobie and Wyatt Nash were in the episode so much. It kept popping up so much, got so much to do. Um, I kind of expected we would see Hal Cooper instead of Charles, but I thought Charles was good. That was a good choice. 
And I, I was like, I was like, oh, and it's funny we didn't see Hal. But then I was like, oh, it actually makes a lot of sense. Hal's like sort of burnt <laughs> yeah. when it comes to like fantasizing a fun time. Yeah. And it makes sense that it would be Charles. Uh, it would be really Hal. messed up if Hal like, <laughs> just like yeah, yeah, just dancing around. In his uh, black hood, yeah. yeah. Yes. So uh, at that point, the record starts to skip. Another really good choice, uh, I thought, in this episode. So good. I love I the love light changes. I thought they were yes. so smart and so subtle, going from this really bright 50s light down to dimmer light when it was in reality. Just really well done. Yeah, directorially, I thought this episode was so good. Like, it really just... Uh, Again, this feels like such a culminating episode in so many ways, and all of the choices when it came to, like you're saying, the lights, just the way the sh- the shots all came together, especially in the end of episode montage stuff. Which so we're still here in story in the middle of a montage when it, it was it was just really well done, I thought. And I believe this was one of the longtime DPs of Riverdale who was directing for the first time, so you can kind of see where that pays off just in terms of knowing Technical. his way around the set. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So then we go over to Veronica. Veronica tells Archie she doesn't want to lose any more time and says, let's move in together. And there's a little mix up where she thinks he's going to move into the Pembroke, but Archie wants her to move in. If, if he house. would have moved into the Pembroke, their relationship would have lasted a little bit longer. <laughs> <Wow>. here's, <laughs> here's the thing. I don't want to jump ahead With too much. Butler but in their business? Last episode, Chadwick, I think it was last episode, Chadwick went to, oh, two episodes ago? Uh, it depends. Are you talking about the helicopter business or no. where he shot multiple guns and couldn't he shot multiple yeah. guns and couldn't do it. Chadwick went to like crazy lengths to try to get rid of Archie. All he needed to do was put Uncle Frank in that tub and he would have been yeah. good to go. Veronica would be like, nope, I'm out. I'm done. It's amazing how Chadwick's murder is not referenced <laughs> in this episode. We hear Veronica be like, Yes, you know, I, I actually didn't get along with Chadwick when I realized I was sort of fading away. And then I did kill him. <laughs> <laughs> that was when you were trapped in a mind with ghosts, Two in Archie. the chest. Yeah. Two in the chest. Two Double the chest. tapped him. But I did like the line from Archie where he says, long term, my house has a little more room to grow. I thought that was sweet yes. and cute. Um, and then we go Archie, over to- Archie, you have roommates. Why would you think this would work? Uh, this- we can get into this. I'm yeah, let's sorry. get into it when we get there. Yeah, we'll get but, into there there in a second. Uh, Weatherby fills in Tony on the whole Brita situation. She's living under the stairs, just like how Jughead. Jughead. Yeah, she's the new Jughead. The Jughead. She's partially in the new Jughead, partially in the new Cheryl. Lots of stuff going on there. She is fully Cheryl Junior. Uh, <laughs> like yes, yeah, it's mini me. I Cheryl am stuff. so excited for that for mini me. I Cheryl. am very. Why would people put Cheryl in charge of children? There's a line in the beginning of the show where they're like, oh, yeah, the two twins have been staying with Cheryl. Why? She is going to have an army of red-haired mini-me's by the end of the season, and it's going to be awesome. I will say I agree with you. And this goes to sort of the Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde that we always have with Cheryl in this show, where sometimes she's like, I'm helpful, and I'm here, and I'll shoot an arrow into somebody if you need it. And then she's like, I also run a religion where I um, make fire bigger. And uh, I can control the, the elements. No big deal. Let's get this uh, troubled teen right over to her house where her mom <laughs> lives in the wall and kills. Remember? <laughs> then we get a nice, pleasant return here with Miss Weiss. The show's social worker shows up to talk to Tony. As we mentioned, we find out that Britta's parents kicked her out because it was her fault. She was captured by Mothman the last episode. Um, oh. But 
while they're trying to figure out with her, Betty comes in, wants Alice to come for a run with her. Uh, Alice sings a song about missing the mountains. Betty missed her mother. It's oh. really beautiful and really oh, sad. Just, that song got me. Yeah, and they... By the way, if anybody does know Next to Normal better than us, sorry for completely butchering when we're talking about the songs here on the podcast. Yeah. They were all very nice. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but they kind of meet in, the, meet in the middle here, which ties into what happens at the end, I think, where they talk about they're just both missing their lives. They're missing huge chunks of their lives here, which I thought was nice. Well, and they've both dedicated their last however many months to finding Polly or worrying about mm-hmm. Polly or like doing all this. And to have, I felt like without saying that, this really resonated with this whole season of what we've seen the Cooper family go through. Then we go over to Pops, where Tabitha is showing the restaurant off to her parents. They are rich dudes from Chicago. They don't want to do anything there. As a side note, uh, Pop Tate's son is Tabitha's father, so that's the connection there. He couldn't wait to get away from Pops fast enough, he tells us later. Uh, But also, they don't want to have Mother's Day. Mother's Day? Dinner at uh, Pops. Instead, they got a reservation at, I believe it was Cucina de Casa, which is House Kitchen. The House Kitchen. The House Kitchen. Very good. Yes. Easy to get a reservation. Absolutely. (laughs) Uh, Tabitha, so yeah, Tabitha tricks Jughead into pretending to be her boyfriend to the dinner so she can have a buffer zone there, at which point Jughead says, you know, you could just ask me. To be your boyfriend yeah. if you want to. I don't know if tricked was the right word. Big, she tried to be sly Big escalation about it, here. He was like, what? Big escalation yeah, the, in the relationship, though. This is a game of relationship chicken that I did not see coming. No. She was like, would you be pretend to be my boyfriend? He was like, I'll be your real boyfriend. She's like, okay, let's kiss right now. <laughs> and then they did. Yeah. That amps up really quickly. But I'll tell you what. I thought, uh, and I know Pete's going to be very angry about this whole storyline for very specific reasons. I thought Tabitha was very cute in this episode, and I thought they were very cute together. And I agree, uh, as you may guess. And I I thought this relationship was very sweet. I thought it developed really nicely. And it's nice that in the midst of all this, there's still a romance that we're having in the show. And a believable romance where these two characters that have been sort of orbiting each other for a while, who... We saw maybe it had a, a believable spark. romance. Are you fucking kidding me? This they've they've been sort of in each other's orbit this whole season. He's the regular at the diner, the only guy bus who boy. eats He's there. The bus boy, actually. Oh yeah, he's also the bus boy. Uh, Tabitha doesn't have a, a nice pool of people, and unfortunately, he's right there. And uh, so wait, let just me ask to you, get Pete, the, real let quick. Me, let me get this clear, Pete. Uh, Jughead, perfect for Betty. Your favorite character on the show, Jughead, also not good enough for Tabitha. Is that? That's right. Is that yeah, what you're putting okay, out there? Tabitha's yeah, right. dad? Okay, Tabitha's dad. <laughs> Mr. Milkshake over here. And let me ask you, Pete. Um, you know, it's hard to meet people. Have you ever met anyone um, just by a, a weird coincidence that you nope. may be dating or maybe still be dating currently in your life? I don't know what you're talking about. Okay, because uh, let's just update the listeners. Pete met this his current girlfriend through this very podcast. <laughs> The podcast we're doing right now. So, um, so don't, what? Don't talk to me. So what? I mean, she had three options, and she went for one of them. <laughs> so. Yeah. Oh my god! It really makes you think. In I any case, they sing "Perfect for You." It's very sweet. They kiss. Everybody agrees on this podcast. We're moving on. Alice uh, <laughs> then is singing with Polly and Betty at the piano, which is very cute here. 
<laughs> Real Betty, what's up, Pete? <laughs> you can't say piano. I can't. I don't know how to say piano. Yes, piano? Just stop. Piano. Please. Piano. Yeah, piano. <laughs> Cachuna de casa. Yeah. Real Betty comes in, sees Alice alone with the piano. Really like this shot as well of just real yes. Betty walking in in the background. I thought that was really nice. And then we get a nice bit of connection here. We've talked about this a little bit where I know this is sounds like fade praise, but the show seems to really be making an effort over the past couple of episodes to actually connect the storylines instead of all having them run on separate trains. And here Betty tells Alice, hey, we got invited over to dinner at Archie and Veronica's. Of course, Alice doesn't feel up to it, but we do get to see that pretty quickly afterwards. And classic ladies be different than men thing going on here. Veronica made chicken cordon bleu. Does they have no idea who Eda Garden is? Yo, I have so much to say about this. All Veronica right, dropping the barefoot contessa all day. All day she's bringing Eda Garden into the into the game. And I'll tell you what, the reason that Varchi isn't a thing. It's because Archie doesn't know, give a shit about the bare, Barefoot Contessa. Mm. That's the reason their relationship is mm-hmm. over. I This is my theory about this episode. When Frank's like, oh, there's a fire, that was a fake fire. That He called it because Archie was panicked because he doesn't know who the Barefoot Contessa is. Oh, and man. this whole show spinning around the Barefoot Contessa. They they saw the chicken cordon bleu and were like, oh, we got to get over to Pops, get a burger. This food's too complicated. There's <laughs> ham inside a chicken. We can't I eat thought this. it was real ridiculous how Jughead was like, I'm going to go eat in the garage. Oh, that made me laugh so loud. I can't I sit that. at a table with you. No, that was... And they're friends. That was such a meta point based on the fact that Jughead and Veronica never interact in any significant way. And I love the moment of them having nothing to say to each other, just both recognizing it and Jughead being like, well, I'm out. Goodbye. (laughs) I thought that was Uh, very funny. It was very funny. Um, And it led to Veronica with a great little solo number. Yeah, this reminded me a lot of, was it Lifeboat, the song from Heather's, I think? Uh, that she sang solo, where it was a very similar sim- uh, filming thing. That, you don't know. They were don't know. whipping around her. It was, again, another solo for her. And Camila Mendez just kills it with this sort of thing. She sings them so well. Then we go over to Charles, Polly, and Alice singing It's Gonna Be Good. It's Mother's Day. Banner is up. Betty oh. comes home. And, of course, she's totally freaked out. And, again, I really love the filming and framing of these scenes here. Cutting to Polly and Alice in the frame and then back to Betty in yeah. these two different realities I thought was really nice. Uh, and then Betty starts singing She's Not Here to Alice. Polly and Charles leave. And Betty says, hey, why don't we go to the city? We'll see a Broadway show. We'll have that perfect day again. We'll get your mind off of it by repeating this thing that we did with Polly. But it's still a nice, pleasant idea. Uh, and then we go over to Veronica again, who wakes up. Archie is still not there. She hears the shower going and thinks it's Archie. And oh, God. as soon as she sounds like, no, this is a, not a good idea. Sees Frank in the shower, Jughead brushing his teeth, and is like, well, it's time for me to break up with Archie. <laughs> yep. Too That's much. exactly right. I'm too much. Sorry. She got franked. She got franked. I'm yeah, sorry. She got too much franked. <laughs> That's... We spent an entire episode, last episode, of Veronica screaming, Archie is all I want, and everybody faces yeah. killing her ex-husband to get to be with Archie. Double tapped. One shot of Jughead brushing his teeth, and she's like, peace, I'm out of here. I can't do this. It wasn't really the Jughead brushing the teeth as much as it was the Frank, and then it's the one-two combination. Sure, exactly. I I respect it, but here's here's my theory, and this is jumping ahead a little bit. I mean, I guess we're about to be there. 
She also has a scene in a moment where she's talking to Reggie, someone yeah. who she's had a connection with throughout this season that yeah. um, we've we've definitely spotted um, on this show, and one or more of us have been really pushing for this relationship. And yeah. she has that moment. It's the and only she's, thing that's given me hope because everything else is fucking shit. Uh, not true, but this is cool too. Um, and I think it was less about just seeing Frank's uh, nude and quite hairy body mm-hmm. and more about about realizing, like, oh, this is Archie's thing, and he's not going to change probably too much. He's always going to be Sorry to interrupt. Do you think Randos. Archie trusts Uncle Frank because he kind of reminds him of the bear that killed him? Oh, my right. God. Keep your, um, keep your friends close, but your bear enemies closer. <laughs> <laughs> and so that's why he, he thinks Frank's just a shaved-down bear that he's got to keep his eye on all this time. <laughs> Someday that, that Frank's going to kill me and... Um, I'm going to be ready for it, says Archie. He's going to hold up his hand and it's going to be a claw. Yes, so just to address the whole veggie of it all. Man Monica's strong. Man Monica, excuse me, I got the hashtag wrong. The This episode, <laughs> divorced of the previous episode, makes total sense to me. Like, no, yes. they, like we've talked about over the course of the past season, right after the time jump, they're like, yes, we're back together again. Not going to talk about how we've changed people. Let's go forward. All good. Just going to go into our things. Never talk. It's fine. And they always run hot as a couple. They do clearly love each other. They do clearly want to be with each other. But they haven't discussed what's happened in the previous seven years to them, what their trauma has been like, or at least as we've seen on the show. Yeah. So cutting away the last episode and everything that happened there, going into this episode where they jump into moving to, uh, in together and suddenly realize, oh, wait a second, Archie wants to stay in Riverdale. Veronica does not want to stay in Riverdale. They are different people. That makes a lot of logical sense. The thing that is tripping me up is the last episode where Veronica was putting her and everybody else's life on the line because the only thing she wanted in her life was Archie. Let me throw out, because I think I can soup all that up. Because all of that, I love Archie, Archie's the only thing for me, was about her getting out of the last situation. Right. It wasn't about being in the situation with Archie. It was her way of like hurting Chadwick, hurting Hiram, um, and doing damage to them, and freeing her from both of them. One by um, calling him a little bitch, and the other by blah, blah, two in the chest, to quote my friend Pete LePage. Uh, and so I do think she meant it when she said it. But then when she's like with Archie in his uh, childhood bedroom being like, hey, Uncle Frank's playing um, Bob Seger awful loud downstairs. <laughs> Any chance we can fix that? And um, you can't. So that's where we're at. And she's like, I can't do this. Yes. Yeah. So the no decision they make, honestly, it's a mature decision she makes at the end of the episode. And Reggie does really seem to try trying to be trying to better himself. Uh, he is pursuing being a licensed stockbroker. Veronica is quizzing him. We get a great mantle, the magnificent for the win. Great little comics call back there. Uh, yes. And they talk about Reggie future plans. And clearly Reggie is starting to figure it out. He has grown and changed. And Archie is still in a place where he just wants to have fun. He went through war and now he wants to relax and be in Riverdale and, you know, just do a chill thing, which is have five jobs and save the town. Yeah. yeah, he wants to just go. relax with his ghosts and not worry about <laughs> the future. I do feel like, to this point, just to sort of wrap up the Varchi thing, I feel like we don't have enough in Archie's head. Despite the fact that we literally saw ghosts in his head, every relationship thing we've seen this season with him is like, 
Can we just hang out and have fun? Let's just have a fun thing. Fun time. And we don't know exactly where he's at or what he is feeling about these things. And I think we need a little bit more of that. I honestly think that's what the this season finale is going to be all about, putting us back in Archie's head. We were in Archie's head at the top of the season after the, the time jump, and it's been, I'm going to save Riverdale. And then we've seen him and everyone struggle, struggle, struggle. And I think now we're going to land and get the other side of that and what that means. And I have a pretty good guess what it means when it's coming to saving Riverdale. We'll get to that in a moment as well. Put a, put a, put a pin in that. Put a little pin in that. Then we get to, I think, my favorite number in the whole episode, the one that ripped my heart apart, is Betty and Alice are about to leave, and Polly shows up. She and Charles start singing to Alice and drawing her back in, and they have this number where Betty is singing to Alice about how she's been the one who's always been there, and as Alice keeps looking away to Polly and Charles, Betty grabs her face and keeps focusing her on Betty, And the way they played the scene was so heartbreaking and so beautiful. It just really got me. And then it ends with an absolute kicker of Alice straight up blaming Betty for Polly's death. So just gutting across the board, this whole sequence. I don't know if you guys felt the same way about it. Yeah, I mean, it was just absolutely like really well done. The, The change between worlds, the back and forth. You really saw it on both of their plate. Faces. It was just really, really impressive singing and acting, and uh, it was very moving. Every song with the two of them just really got me. I feel like this scene was scary in a whole new way for Riverdale. It was this, like, the the fantasized, uh, like, ghost versions of uh, Polly and Charles pulling Alice away from herself or, like, sanity or whatever you want to call it. This is I was like, this is stressful in a way, a type of stress I haven't encountered on this show before. And so I thought that was really surprising. They got a whole new gear in this scene. And the song was amazing as well. Yeah. Then we go over to Tabitha's dad, who brings Jughead into his car, tells him it's just a passing fancy with Tabitha, wants him to drop her and not come to the Mother's Day dinner. There's a very funny exchange here where Jughead says, you remind me of Hiram Lodge. And the dad says, I don't know who that is. Yo, this is more belittling of Hiram Lodge. I couldn't believe this was in there. They might as well have said, Hiram Lodge, that little bitch? I have no idea about that. <laughs> <laughs> like this, it was such a I I, an unnecessary How dig on Hiram Lodge. How could you not hear of Hiram Lodge, though? That's the crazy part. So I, I do think in the world of the show, we've established that Hiram and Hermione are famous enough that Hiram, Hermione can be on Real Housewives, but at the same time, I love the idea that all this stuff is going on in Riverdale. The most of the world is like, I don't know what that is. I've never heard of that town. What are you talking <laughs> it makes about? makes a lot of sense. Yes. I don't know if you've ever been in a small town, but not everybody knows the one rich guy. <laughs> yes. So I really like that exchange a lot, but I do feel like, and I don't know if they're going to go this route. I'll just throw out a theory to you guys. There's a lot of talk about how Mark Consuelos hasn't necessarily been spotted in any of the set pictures for season six, which is currently in production. I do wonder if they are going to finish off Hiram Lodge in the next episode, which kind of would make a lot of sense because filming right now is very intense. He may not want to spend another year away from his family or something like that. So I totally get it. Also with the flashback episode, we really got his backstory so they could finish him off and potentially bring in Tabitha's dad as the new Hiram. Oh, interesting. Um, that would be a problem for Jughead for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do think, I mean, 
the way they've been belittling Hiram does make me feel like they're setting some kind of, you know, spring back for him where he's going to do something reckless. Because this whole thing is he's meticulous and diabolical. He's been belittled so much that I think he might get reckless, and that might set him into a collision course with, I got to think, Archie, where where Hiram doesn't come out of it on the other side. Yeah. I don't know if they would kill him because I feel like he is a, one of the tent poles of this show. So maybe he just is uh, mysteriously vanished or something like that. Yeah, or leaves town, potentially. He's like, I can't do this anymore. I can't be near you. I'm going to start a new life and wherever. Yeah. In a palladium uh, yes. planet. Exactly. Palladium on the <laughs> Going moon. Going to the palladium planet. Palladium. Palladium. So then we go over to Veronica, who wants to have a check-in with Archie. And Archie's oh, like, ooh, this sounds yeah, hate to hear it. Yeah, oh, hate to hear it. Can we Archie get, can we is fooling himself in this scene where he says, no, nah, I really see myself staying in Riverdale. And he's like, that's not a deal breaker. Like, And then Veronica pauses for, I, I timed this, and I think it was 50 minutes she pauses for and doesn't say anything. <laughs> yeah. And then says, no, 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 not a big deal at all. And then he's like, great, sounds good. And but Archie's like, I've got the answer I wanted. See you later. Yep. <laughs> Nothing to think about here. Then we go over to Tony on her laptop. Fangs has made lasagna. And Tony explains that nobody will take Britta and doesn't know good, what to do. And Fangs lasagna. suggests that Tony should ask Cheryl. And she's like, nope, I never do that. And Fangs is the one who tells her, no, she's actually really changed. <sighs> and as much as, as we were talking about how these two characters seem good for each other in some ways... That's a huge red flag. <laughs> if you're like, yeah, why don't we have a give a kid to Cheryl? <laughs> I I don't know. You're not going to get anybody else to agree with you on that point on this podcast, Justin, because Cheryl <laughs> is amazing at everything she does. And again, I'm very here for her army of redheaded children. I think it's yes, oh, maybe she'll adopt Archie not... doing a dwarf thing as well. Yeah, Archie could be like, I'm ten now. And I think I'd be like, okay, <laughs> yeah, that's it. I always wanted to be ten. So now I'm 10. <laughs> yeah. That's my new job. I got a new job. They might Veronica. do a Billy Madison thing where he's got to go back to school. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so then we get Kevin in the music room. Betty doesn't know what to do. They have a really beautiful duet here as Great Kevin duet. tries to give her a pep talk about going back and being there for Alice. We also get a nice trio with very briefly going over to Ta- Tony and Veronica, uh, singing about how they're all falling and they don't know what to do. Uh, and then finally, Kevin does convince her she needs to go back. She needs to be there for Alice. Um, that's the thing she needs to do. Really nice advice by Kevin there. That was really beautiful. And then we go back to Tabitha, who's sitting at Cucina de Casa with her parents. They're eating dinner, really digging into her. The Jughead is not there. When he does show up in a suit, they sing a song called Hey Number Three that was, I think, the most speculated about song going into this episode. Everybody was wondering who was going to sing it. Turns out... Didn't see this coming. Tabitha and Jughead. And then they sing Perfect for You again as they dance and kiss one more time. I'm just Uh, just pausing to see if there's going to be any reaction from anybody, but Pete's just nodding his head, no, no, no. uh, Yeah, it's... I, I don't know what you want from me, man. I, you know, I just... You know, I mean, if this is what they're going to do to us, I guess we have to put up with it. Well, let me ask you this, Pete. Do you think, if you can separate the Bughead of it all, do you think that Jughead and Tabitha are a bad couple? Yes. <laughs> Why? What? 
I, Tabitha has done nothing but like do amazing things for Jughead. Jughead barely cares or does, but is also Jughead. Like Tabitha, you think could, Jughead's bad for Tabitha? Yes, I don't think hmm. they're a good match. But you Jughead think she's Betty, good for Betty? How? Yes, Jughead and Betty work together. They solve crimes, mysteries, like help the town, like save people around them. You know, they what can mean? still like, do that. They can still do that. By the way. Okay, I would like to see that. I would like to see a lot of that. I do like the but idea. But what happens with Jughead and Tabitha? What is that? Who, who I don't we know. get to see them at the diner? Marriage, babies, potentially? Yeah, they're going to solve some mysteries in the bedroom. Uh, <laughs> and I got to tell you, I think I know how they end. <laughs> Tabitha has been in town for like a second and is just standing next to Jughead and is like, fine, I guess I'll date you. It's not... There's been more I do to like it than the idea. We've seen a lot of it. I do like the idea, and this is part of the framing of the song, that it isn't on Tabitha to fix Jughead. You know, Jughead is saying, I'm going to make myself better so that I yeah, can be good like, for I you. He's like, I can pretend to be good for you. Like, uh, Not pretend. He's going to work to be good enough for her. And I like that idea. Because yeah, that yeah. is that puts the healing back on him, which is part of what's going on with AA nope, versus putting sure. the responsibility on Tabitha. And hey, I don't know. I'm excited to see how they work as a couple. This is a new couple that we haven't seen in five seasons on the show. So what happens? Maybe it doesn't work. Maybe they break up the next episode. Maybe they last for 15 seasons. We don't know at this point. Oh, don't don't put stuff like that out there. Well, but like this this show, like we said, we, Veronica and Archie got back together last episode. We were like, oh, I can't believe this happened. This is going to be a whole thing to deal with. And then they were like, yep, we're going to deal with it. And then they did. And now it's <laughs> it's over. So like you, we just don't know on this show. And that's what's exciting and why we're fans of it, even if they sometimes make choices that, that we don't like. Right, Pete? Or they make choices that we do like. Right, Justin? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Stop being a fucking salt bay, you fucking asshole. <laughs> So we got a couple of seeds that we've already talked it's not about. Salt to me, babe. It's sugar. Just fucking sprinkle sugar, baby. Ready. It's sugar, sugar. Honey, um, honey. Oh. We get the TT for tea time scene that we talked about a bit, yes. followed by Veronica saying that she's muted by Chad. Heartbreaking. Uh, Archie says he's here just to have fun. Uh, she does not want to do that. They're not in high school anymore. Uh, then we go back to Betty. Betty took the record player out of the house based on Kevin's advice, and she sings to her and makes a promise to not leave, uh, Betty Alice says, no, but you did leave. And then she says, no, I'm promising again. I'm never leaving Riverdale. At which point Alice apologizes. Uh, she holds Polly's ashes. I forgot to mention earlier that Betty brought in Polly's ashes as oh, yeah. a uh, trying to uh, a way of trying to get Alice to heal and move on. It didn't quite work. But here it does. Um, I do want to come back to the scene in a second because I do think it ties into some bigger overall things about what's going to happen in the finale. But just to keep blasting through it, uh, Betty tells her things will get better. Alice says, no, they won't but eventually agrees. Charles and Polly leave the dream state. Alice is yeah. finally letting go of them. She cries. She says she just wanted a normal family, at which point they sing Next to Normal, the title track from Next to Normal. Uh, but I do Makes think sense. that's really exactly underlines their relationship, that they are never going to be normal, but they're going to keep trying to live their lives as best they can, which I thought was really nice. Great message from the musical, great message for the show, great message for us all. Um, and I just think the way this these musical scenes with the Cooper the Cooper family hung together and 
were able to stand up, stand on their own as an emotional spine for this episode and uh, a punctuation mark for the emotional journey of the season. Standing up against like all these big Varchi things and all these other things happening, I thought was just a testament to how well done it was uh, here in this episode. So then we get an interesting time dash thing going on here where there was Polly's memorial service, but we cut to after that. We actually get to see everybody at Polly's grave later on, uh, but we're over in Pops and Jughead pours some coffee for Tabitha. Kevin is watching, sees them holding hands and does a, wow, new couple. Wow, wow, wow. Ay, ay, ay. And then we get a montage uh, we get a scene of Tony talks to Fangs about something. I don't know what it is. I didn't take any notes. Uh, and then we move over to. <laughs> <laughs> I think your notes just read. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. This was, uh, to give it credit, very well filmed and very intense from both Vanessa Morgan and Drew Ray Tanner as they confessed to each other. I appreciate the way that it's done, even as I hated it. Yeah. Totally <laughs> Too strong. Fair. Maybe a little no, too strong. Uh, like I said, no. I agree with you in some ways, and in other ways, I think it is a nice match. Yeah. Uh, we go over to Alice in the Dark. Betty turns on the lights. She sings. Archie is alone, drinking a beer bottle. Veronica is packing. Just alone in the dark. Just sitting alone in the dark. No Uncle Frank. Uncle Frank's still in the shower, probably, and Jughead's still yes. probably brushing his teeth. Archie, uh, help. I'm all my skin's wrinkled. Get <laughs> <laughs> me out of here. a wet bear up here. Nobody likes a wet bear. Tony is making a bottle, kisses fangs, gross, as they take care of Anthony. Yep. Uh, and then we go over to Kevin, which we've talked a lot about. Well, what is Kevin's place here? And he's just sitting in pops, getting takeout, scrolling his phone. What is going on with Kevin going forward? I, I don't. I mean, this is a thing we, that we've talked about so many times. This show hates Kevin. Oh, it just, doesn't. No, no. It definitely doesn't it, hate it, Kevin. It doesn't. Kevin doesn't. Does this poor Kevin is just, he's got his phone and he's got Pop's takeout, but that's it. Yeah. That's all well, Kevin's got. And I I think we are setting up something with, I don't know if Kevin knows about the Fangs and Tony thing. I think that is going to be a hard thing for him, like, to hear in um, for a number of reasons. But the, I think we, oh, go ahead. Oh, all I was going to say is we need, by the end of the season, something for Kevin. There needs to be some sort of, I don't know, closure necessarily. There needs to be a new door opening for Kevin, a new opportunity at the end of the season. Something that sets him up for something because he has been so adrift for so long at this point. And, and I think the, this shot makes me think they have plans for him for next episode just to give him a direction. Because mm -hmm. why show him so isolated if you're not going to change that? Uh, we do get a great shot of Britta and Cheryl playing chess. Uh, and then we do jump back to everyone taking essentially a curtain call at Polly's grave. They all sing, including the twins. All the couples are together. Twins. You've got uh, Veronica and Reggie are together. You've got Tabitha and Jughead are together. You got Penelope and Kevin together. You got Uncle Frank and Archie. Uh, every couple that is together is together. Uh, and then finally at the end, we get that picture of Alice, Betty and Polly next to the nor next to normal poster. And it's very sad. Uh, so yeah, really heartfelt, intense episode to watch, I think. Yeah. But I did want to get back to that one point. I wanted to leave this at the end because I feel like this will be the most fighting. <laughs> Other than. You don't know us. <laughs> no. Oh, I'm Okay. Who are the two characters that are canonically established in this episode as staying in Riverdale forever? Betty and Archie. 
And Betty and Archie. I think, though there wasn't necessarily straight up Archie set up in this episode, we did set up for the next episode exactly what's going to happen here, which is Betty and Archie realizing they are going to be in town together forever. And why not give things a try? Because they both want what? the same things. I'm sorry. Is this the part of the show where it's just wild speculation on random shit? You have no basis for I don't any of that. I think it's wild speculation. I think uh, this is pretty And it's odd. definitely not random. Yeah. It is truly the end of the episode. I don't know if it's just sort of the way I look at the show. But I feel like when I heard Betty say <laughs> she's never going to leave her mother's side here in Riverdale, I was like, gotcha. Say no more. <laughs> the rise of Barchi. Is assured. I don't know. I, mean, I hate I, how cocky and how much fun you're having. <laughs> given <laughs> given what we just talked just about, with, <laughs> given what we just talked about with like things happen very quickly on Riverdale all the time. Um, there is that. I don't know how we get from Archie just broke up with Veronica, who was the love of his life, and they were living together, and he wanted to have babies with her. To the end of the next episode, Betty and Archie are like, we're together now. It's gonna happen, I think. What? I, I I really do. Like based on these words, based on clearing the deck there, even if it's a moment like a cliffhanger at the end of the episode where Archie comes back to Betty's porch, we get a parallel with the pilot. I really, yeah. really think it's gonna happen in the next episode. I, okay. I agree exactly with you, Alex. I think we're just gonna get the the last moment of the episode will be them coming together with a smile and and that's probably it and then we jump forward into the unknown but i I, think that is what we are on the precipice of there's got to be huge fights in the writer's room right now because like the the people who (laughs) tune in to watch this show watched and rooted for cheryl and tony like they were magic together it was the perfect couple for this insane show of insanity and yeah cheryl doesn't deserve tony and it's completely insane to start her own church and maybe has powers or whatever but like (laughs) you gotta give us something some kind of hope this uh, tony fangs thing was rough but then on top of that, you make fucking Captain Milktoast and Tabitha get together. It was just, what are we doing? <laughs> it's so you know funny what I mean? I don't, I don't know where you're Jughead. coming from with this Jughead date. It's really... He shows up to the date in some kind of like weird ass jacket. Like, I just washed up to shore. What's going on? These are lights. Like, what it's is, like Betty's, is this? It's like, it's like Betty's your daughter and you're like, Betty, stop dating these other men and date this shithead I have over here <laughs> in Jughead. I don't know what you're talking about. I want you I to date this person about. I dislike. You're, you're, you're very when mad about the way Betty these relationships are shaking out. And Jughead and get together, it's it's magical. They're their best selves. Here's the thing. There is, at the very least, one entire other season of Riverdale. And whatever happens here in this episode and the last episode is not like, well, that's it. I guess no more plot or character development. We're done with the relationship. It's good. Next season, just, 22 episodes of everybody sleeping. I just can't believe just, that they uh, had to sleep and occasionally waking up, checking their phones, playing a little candy crush. That's pretty much it. 
so they had this magical musical episode that was so moving. You're crying. You can't believe how everything's woven together. And then in the middle of it, you're like, you know what? This isn't enough. I want to punch people. I want to fuck some relationships up. I'm going to make some horrible decisions so that you can enjoy this fucking musical. Pete, those relationships have not been in place all season. Everyone, I, I feel like the anticipation of them has been, um, uh, mostly from from us. On the show, I feel like everyone's <laughs> been doing their separate thing, uh, living their own lives, dealing with their own issues and traumas and everything. And then this episode is sort of turning everything back, and I think these characters are different now, so they're going to do different things. Um, Jughead, Tabitha, they're going to try it out. Like Alex is saying, things could change on a dime. Um, you've got uh, Cheryl. Raising a junior Cheryl, caped up, <laughs> no questions asked. That's fine. That's what she. That's her choice. That's totally. And fine. then you got Betty and Archie. They're going to get together and stay together forever. Uh, <laughs> Come on, man, stop! <laughs> stop rubbing the salt. And, stop. There's no salt. It hasn't even happened yet. One man's salt is another stop. man's sugar. And and I, sir, I need another cup of sugar because I just drank <laughs> this one and I'm loving it. I'm loving it. <laughs> Barchi okay. for life. We are in it. We are in it now. I didn't know you worked at McDonald's. We're going to see what happens. None of what? the couples are done. Even if Betty and Archie so get I'm together at the it. end of the season, that's not the end of it. You know, the show changes all the time. There's going to be radical big changes over the course of next season as well. That's part of the reason that things like even Tony and Fags that I am not a fan of. I don't like this coupling and I'm upset. For Shoney, as you should be, they could still shake it up. Tony could date some entirely different person. Fang, same thing. Cheryl, same thing. Until the show is over, none of it is over. It's all just storytelling. It's all drama. That's what they're doing. They're trying to rile you up. So mission accomplished. They did it to all of God us. Before not, not not all of us. No, oh, you're not riled up. You're just having a good time. Oh, having a laugh. You are the worst. Before your we wrap up here, who was ridiculous. the MVP this episode? Pete, who was the MVP? I mean, Betty and her mom. It Both of them were just really unbelievable. Just so moving. Justin, so moving. what about you? You got an MVP this episode? Um, I guess just the story in general, I think it's the MVP for me. The writers, the characters, um, the you way that the, worst person the way that all things time. all came together to be just uh, really good it's for nothing me. Nothing worse than a horrible <laughs> winner. There's nothing worse than a horrible winner. We don't even know. We don't There's know no what's going to happen, Riverdale. except we do know. Except we do know. Uh, but let me say um, more seriously, um, I really liked the 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 Jughead Tabitha relationship in this episode. I thought that was Boo. really sweet. In Shut a, up. In a, in a, go, go home. <laughs> I, I need to leave my home. What in is a, sweet in about step outside and then step back inside and keep podcasting? In Tabitha of, panicking, going, "Ah, oh, I have to do dinner with my parents. What would be the worst? Jughead, come with me. That, uh, why is that sweet?" Would it, uh, that is not what happened. They've been building that relationship this entire season. Do you think if there was a Mothman sitting in a booth, she would have been like, uh, this Mothman's my boyfriend? Yeah. Yeah. I no. Think she would have. No. Uh, they kissed earlier but, on. They've been flirting. He's been dealing with his trauma and his alcoholism, and she's been like, I can't date that. But now he's in a place where he is healed enough that she's like, okay, I'll give it a try. I like this Wait, guy. are you saying... Are you saying there's a chance for Moth Mabitha to be a thing? <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's what it, that's what I really ship, and I, I'm hoping. Season six, baby. Um, All us Moth Mabitha to... shippers have been pulling for that. 
in a season of chaos, in a season of, of darkness, like I just like that there was a nice sweet moment here in this episode that we got to see. I would normally want to give it up for somebody else, but I am going to give it up for Betty and Alice, and in particular yeah. Alice here. Just like I mentioned, well, at the then top in of the particular podcast. Betty here. <laughs> this is gonna fight. What the fuck? You, you can't give it up this? to both of them. You gotta fucking be like, well, both of them, but really. I thought they were both great, but when say Mage both, and Amic, say Alice, asshole, don't fucking when Mage and Amic crumbled, I crumbled when I was watching it. Those were the points that yeah. really made me tear up. The power and emotion that she put into absolutely every scene I thought was incredible, incredible acting. And it's the sort of thing that they will never submit Riverdale for Emmys, but if they submitted Riverdale for Emmys, this would be Machen Abbott's submission episode, you know? And it's that good. It's never going to happen, but she was great at it. This show needs to get a Tony. I yes. Oh, they should submit it for Tony's. You're absolutely. It could EGOT maybe. Yeah. You can get an time. Oscar, right? It's a movie, I think. If you'd like Grammy? to support the, if you'd like to support this podcast, <laughs> patreoncom slash club. Also, we do a live show every Tuesday night at 7 p.m. to Crowdcast on YouTube. Come hang out. We would love to chat with you about Riverdale. iTunes, Android, Spotify, Stitcher, or the app of your choice to subscribe, listen, and follow the show at Riverdale Dark on Twitter, Riverdale After on Instagram, Riverdale After Dark on Facebook, ComicBookClubLive.com for this podcast and many more. Until next time, we'll see you after dark. Barchi for life. Love you, Pete. Goodbye. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.